You're listening to the Charity Champions Podcast. Each year, TFNB Your Bank for Life chooses six nonprofits from around Central Texas to recognize as Charity Champions. Tonight's Charity Champion is... Champions enjoy live on-field presentations at Baylor University home football and basketball games, online broadcast and print marketing exposure, and world-class leadership development through 360 Solutions, all at no cost to the nonprofit. In this podcast, we want to get to know our charity champions a little better. We're bringing those who help and those who have been helped into the studio to hear the stories behind the champions. On this episode, how CareNet helped Tana Thomas. CareNet cares. If you don't even care for yourself, CareNet still cares. Last episode, we told you about the work CareNet is doing to help women in Central Texas with pregnancy-related services. On today's podcast, we talked to Tana Thomas, one of the women they've helped. And forever, I am indebted to CareNet. They didn't look at me and say, you should have done this. They looked at me and said, you could have done this, but since you're here now, you can do this. And now, here's Tana's story. We've had Deborah on the podcast here before, and we're also joined by Tana. Deborah, can you kind of uh, tell us a little bit about what CareNet is for people who maybe didn't listen to previous podcasts? Just a brief overview. Sure. So we are a pregnancy center. We have medical services where we offer pregnancy testing and ultrasound to women who think they're pregnant to confirm the pregnancy and tell them how far along they are. And then if they need additional services like referrals to a physician, uh, maybe for housing, for jobs, for if they need education. And, and when I say need a education, I mean every every mother, even if you have other children, things change. And so we offer an education program with childcare so that they can earn points during the class. During Those points are then used to buy material assistance in our center, diapers, wipes, formula, that kind of stuff. And so we really wanted just to wrap our, you know, support around women who are expecting new and expectant moms. And then we also have a guest house program. So if women find themselves without a place to live uh, and have other children, then they can live with this as well. Right now we have 28 women and children that we house and we call that our CareNet guest house. Excellent. Okay. So I was hearing a little bit about Tana's story from you, Deborah, before he came and it was pretty incredible. And I just, I want to get it straight from Tana here. So if you can help me kind of, let's walk through um, where you've come from, Tana, how you got to where you are today. So can we just, maybe Deborah, you can help me kind of start yeah. from the beginning here. Long story short, it's a, you know, I have three beautiful children. Two of my children come from a broken marriage. As that divorce took, uh, took its toll, um, I began to have difficulties being the provider and the mother, seeing that I've never been a single parent. As things took a turn, I was doing everything I needed to do, but I kept hitting in dead-end jobs. So in Austin, I was trying to look for help concerning my kids. Well, in Austin, it seemed like all the programs that they used to have were getting cut off. Um, nothing was you know, coming through, they would tell me to do one thing, I end up doing it, and it ended up putting me in a deeper hole, because then by the time I went back up there, after I completed what they asked me to complete, the program was cut off. Hmm. So I was stuck, pretty much homeless, for about three years. Um, I met a guy on Facebook, thought he was the one, he even came all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. As things took its toll, my sisters and my family stepped in to help me with my sons. By December, I ended up pregnant with my beautiful daughter. At the time, I didn't know it was a girl, but I ended up pregnant. All your kids are very cute. Well, thank 
Thank you. <laughs> hey, can I stop for a moment? Yeah, sure. And let's go back. So tell them about when you were living in Harker Heights and how you would drive to Austin and how the kids would go to school and how all that happened. And Colleen, that's what you were talking about. Okay. So start. Go okay. Back. Okay. So I got to go way. You want me to go way back? Let's go way back. Oh, Let's go well, way no, back. That's not too far back because no. I was with the guy. I was with. Okay. So yeah. I, I was in a relationship, but I wasn't pregnant at the time. And like I said, Austin didn't have the things that I need. So um, we ended up moving to Colleen. That's Harkite is what she was talking about. We ended up moving to Colleen. A friend of ours at my job helped me out. The person that I was with ended up going to jail. So I had only one income again. So I moved to Colleen, had a duplex. I had to drive every day <laughs> because I worked in Austin and my kids went to a wonderful charter school in Austin. Mm-hmm. So every day, Monday through Friday, I had to drive from Austin to Colleen. Well, problem. I could not leave Austin until everybody was ready to go with me back to Colleen. Mm. So I would stay at my children's school every day for lunch because my youngest son got out at 11 and my oldest son got out of regular time. So every day I was at the school just parked, sleeping, (laughs) taking a nap when we could. Well, this particular time. I was so tired. I, we had been driving. I hadn't even got no sleep that night. Had to go cut, drive back to work after work as I worked at night, mm-hmm. take my kids to school, and I picked up my son at 11 o'clock. And he did not want to go to sleep this day. We're parked right across the street. And next thing I know, I knock out. Next thing I know, my child is not in the car with me. Hmm. Next thing I know, he's in the school and CPS is in our life, hmm. which helped my family get involved finally after help asking for help for a minute. But that made them get involved because they seen that I really needed help at that point because um, I've done everything that I could with these dead end jobs, um, one income, a car that was pretty much breaking down. I've done everything that I possibly could on my own. Mm-hmm. So as time goes by, this is how I met Miss Deborah. He gets out of jail. He gets his job back. Then he gets fired from his job. So we end up moving to Waco because he gets his job back here in Waco. And it's supposed to be more money. Well, he ends up wanting to help somebody else, too. He, he, likes, he, he, he wants to protect some other, other person's woman instead of his own and ends up giving me an STD while I was pregnant. My first mind was to um, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Started having dreams about having a baby in prison. So I had to make plans. I had to make a plan. I had to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. I had to get somewhere. On top of that, I have two other children that's worried about me and that I'm worried about. And next thing I know, I had been coming to CareNet anyway to get my Medicaid for my pregnancy because I still hadn't had seen a doctor until I moved to Waco. Mm. Gets my pregnancy, get my Medicaid. I call them and let them know what's going on. But I had to do something, too. You know, I couldn't just come to CareNet and say, here's my problems, fix them. I had to sacrifice, too. I had to make up in my mind. Did I need the help or was it or was I just looking for a pity party? So when I made up in my mind is that I wanted to help whatever they told me I needed to do, I did. They took me in after I did what I needed to do. How did you get there? 
I walked all the way from Bell Mead, Texas. In what month? In the hot, the very hot month of May. May 16th is the day where I stopped everything, where I realized that my life and my children's life was more important than anybody and anything. When they said, you are accepted, welcome to our family, it was on after that. May 16th of 2017 was the day when I walked into CareNet and got my very own room. Red, I will never forget. Mm-hmm. Beautiful room. Two bunk beds. My kids had their own bunk beds. My kids wasn't with me yet. It was still in Austin. But because of CareNet, and I cry at this part all the time because it's just grateful, even though, yes, kids will be kids. <laughs> But I'm grateful because if it wasn't for CareNet, I would still be waiting on having my kids legally because legally I was not allowed to have my kids for about two years, all because I was exhausted. So that being said, because of them, I will always be grateful. CareNet needs to be around the world. I'm telling you, if the father of my children, all of them, ever did anything, I thank them for being who they were because it got me where I am. I appreciate it because now I'm the mother that I'm, I've been striving to be. I'm the woman that I've been striving to be, independent. Not only that, because I completed their program, because I was respectful to the organization, because when they asked me where I was at, I was where I was at. When they asked me what I could I do something, I did it. When I was told something, I didn't give back talk. I did everything that the program requested me to do to get me and my children where they needed to be. It helped me out. But they also blessed me to continue to do what I need to do. Right now, just today, I have a 2006 Honda Odyssey from CareNet. Wow. Mm-hmm. So what was the experience when you so you saw that you were getting this van here? What was oh, it? my God. <laughs> so I got it for Christmas. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and I had a hard time that Christmas. I was supposed to go to Austin. My family was coming to pick me up. I was supposed to go like I went for Thanksgiving. And I had to be in the hospital with my daughter for three days. And it was like, it seemed like every bad thing that could happen could happen to me that day. And the day after Christmas, she said these keys are yours you know and I was I'd been looking at this van the whole time (laughs) and I was like who car is that and she was like this is your car and I just broke down in tears I lost the Buick that I had in Austin that I paid that I paid for on my own not no sugar daddy not no boyfriend not even a baby daddy helped me pay for anything i paid that car off on my own and i lost it because it threw a rattle the engine went bad and when i came up here, i have no car but when they said i needed to have certain things done i didn't mind walking and getting it done even though they provide services and they help you get to where you need to go sometimes you need to be independent enough to get things done at the appropriate time and let someone that may need the help a little bit more get the help they need. You just gotta, you gotta know what you need and know how to get it yourself. But at the end of the day, I was rattling my mind on how I was gonna get a job, take them to take care, pick them up from school on the transit in Waco. And way before I had a job with transportation, 
they provided me and that that because of care too you know if i wouldn't have been doing what i needed to do i wouldn't have been blessed immensely the way that i've been blessed but yes i am a christian bona fide and i do believe in god and i'm telling you god will put you where you need to be and i'm telling you care cares if you don't even care for yourself care still cares so tell them where you're working and and how you how you got that job <laughs> and how I almost probably cost you that job. But, <laughs> so so okay. go back to that. So so well, Tana it, was I still kinda, pregnant. It was kind of both of us because I almost cost my job due doing due to the loss of communication. But you're right. She's so how, a, how far along were you? I was <laughs> nine months pregnant. <laughs> wow. <laughs> two weeks from supposedly being due, even though she didn't come for another two weeks. They had induced her. Bless her heart. She sleep. Blessed Jesus. But <laughs> so how'd you get that job? Okay, so I, oh, and, and this is another thing. I use the service that Medicaid gives us. If you have Medicaid and you don't have a card, there is no there is none. No excuse for you not to make it to your doctor appointment because all you have to do is call that 1-800 number in the back of your Medicaid card and they have a transportation service that will come and get you for free hmm. and take you to a doctor's appointment. They'll take it from the Medicaid. Okay, and we'll take you to your doctor's appointment. And that's how I was getting to my appointments, guys. I was getting to my appointments way before, you know, CareNet. I was getting to my appointments off this Medicaid. Right. So as I get to uh, CareNet, I don't have to worry about living. Right. I don't have to worry about a roof over my head now. I don't have to worry about food. So now I can focus on getting a job. Now, mind you, I'm nine months pregnant. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everybody's telling me, calm down. And I'm like, no, I got two other kids. They need child. You know, they need support. I need to send my sister some money. All this stuff is going in my head because I am a mother. I don't care where your kids is at. You're going to be a mother, right? If you're a mother. So I was sitting at my appointment after my appointment was done and I was waiting on my ride. They were have never, ever been late, right? Never, never been late. This particular day, they was extremely late, like a whole hour. Could have mm. caught the bus. I could, matter of fact, could have walked and got to CareNet sooner, right? But thank God it was 11 o'clock. It was like 11 o'clock in the morning. Thank God. Mm-hmm. I would have been in trouble. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you would have. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm waiting, I'm waiting, waiting. And instead of me catching the attitude and getting belligerent and like, where you been and all this stuff, because it's a free ride, right? I was really concerned. And I saw that the driver was very distraught. And at this moment, at this moment and at this point in time, one of the um, co-workers had quit abruptly. Like mm. that day. So it backed up all their appointments, made it very extremely. They was very short. And so he was like, do you know anybody need a job? Mind you, I am nine months pregnant. All I could say was, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need a job. You know, I'm mm -hmm. a single parent in my head, even though my kids are not in Waco. Yeah, I'm still a single parent. I need a job. Right. Mm -hmm. That day. I'm so sorry. Miss Deborah, I didn't even talk to no one. I said, hey, I was calling like crazy the house manager, calling the house manager. Hey, I'm on my way to Fort Worth. Um, I'm supposed to get a job. I'm <laughs> with this man. I don't know him. Hey, you need to come outside when I get there so you can see his shirt so you can know what he looked like just in case I come up missing. You know, I'm, I'm calling, right? But I had not talked to Deborah. <laughs> so... I'm got going in, getting my lunch for for the day because I'm not, you know, I don't, I have no, I don't have no money, I don't have enough stamps to, to spend. So I'm gonna make my lunch. I'm making my lunch and everything. Everybody's like, "Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going?" And I'm like, "I'm out. I'm getting a job." That day, 
I went all the way to, he took me all the way to Fort Worth. I meet the head man of this company, PWK Logistics. He's a soldier, right? So I'm like big and pregnant, right? And all I could say is mom in my in my head was like, okay, Lord, if you want me to have this job, you're gonna give me the words to say to get this job. So I'm talking to the man. He's already, I can stand, I can tell by his stance, he's already distraught. Like he's already upset that I'm pregnant. Like he's already like has made it in his mind like this is not gonna work. I said, look, if I promise you two weeks, if I work two weeks straight with nothing, no doctor's appointment, nothing, and I promise you two weeks and I give you that, I'm coming back. He said, Okay, I'm gonna do I'm gonna try you out. Two weeks. When I said I was nine months pregnant, it was August. Hot August. Hot August. Right? Hot August. Texas. I'm in the car. Boom. I got everything done. You know, they they give you the stuff online. I got my homework done every night. I got my my people overtime, on time. If someone was missing, I'm making conversation. I'm communicating. Two weeks. He says, two weeks was too short. You got a job. (laughs) (laughs) So now you work for them and you do transportation for other people that were in your shoes. Yes. That's excellent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, she, yes. And the boys came to live o- with her? October 5th, 2017. Okay. October 5th, 2007. I've, I've had them legally ever since. So, Deborah, can you kind of walk me through your experience with Tana and exactly when you came in contact and how well, that all worked? Uh, yeah. So I remember when Tana came in, she really didn't have anything. You know, she was quiet. Like a lot of the girls are, they come in and they're quiet and you don't really know. But, uh, as I got to know her, I knew she was a leader mm-hmm. and you know, that's why I told Tana, uh, when I gave, when we get, Karen gave her the car, I said, you're a woman of your word. And that is something that, I mean, I have learned about her is that she was a woman of her word. She never made a promise. She didn't keep, uh, she never, she, as she said, she never you know, had an attitude. She was always grateful, always gracious. And she was a very good leader with girls that would come in to live in the house that just to show them the ropes. She was always the first one to be like that, you know, um, um, a stern mama figure. uh, Okay. To say, look, follow me. I'll show you how to do this. But if if you're not teachable and you get an attitude, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she, I mean, she was just a very much of a leader and we miss her terribly, even <laughs> though we're happy for her to be on to the next step in her journey. And and it, she was such a good example for, for other women in the, in the, in, in the program, not just in the guest house, but in the, in the classes to see, Hey, you know, if she can do it, I can do it. I really don't have, I mean, that's one of those things where you look at Tana's story and all the obstacles she had to overcome and you cannot complain about your own Mm -hmm. because she had as much or more than anyone there. So probably some people got tired of, of her being used as an example, but we did and said, look, if she can do it, you can do it. Get over it. So you had been uh, providing her services before the whole situation with the school and the car and, and she was using you guys for pregnancy services at that point. Well, it was it was after the car, after she had moved to Waco. So okay. her children were not with her when she moved to Waco. Okay. So we were helping her with pregnancy services, just her, with okay. this latest pregnancy with uh, Michaela. And that's when you found out about the uh, that you could use the house as well, right, mm-hmm. to, to right. help you get well, back the, on your the feet. The day that I went to get some the Medicaid is when I found out about the housing. Mm-hmm. And I was I didn't never think that I would be in there. I never thought. Matter of fact, the room that was shown was the room that I ended up staying in. 
Wow. I never in the, my wildest dreams fathomed that I would be moving there. I was in my back of my head. I was like, I wish they had this in Austin. I would have been a whole lot more ahead by now. But yeah, it was orientation with Miss Callie. She showed us around, but I was just there to get the Medicaid and get on the snap and get everything together for my pregnancy. You know, because they you don't have to live there for them to help you. Mm-hmm. So that's what all I was. And going. your relationship as that you knew was good, right? As yeah. as I knew it, we was okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way he wanted me, to, I thought whatever he wanted me to think to pretty pretty much how I reacted. So you know, if you if you're acting okay, I think everything's okay. Mm-hmm. So and at this point, you were before living in in the Carnet house. You were kind of living with uh, boyfriends or in other the people de- in the Delta Inn with my. We were supposed to be engaged. I guess it's kind of hard when you only got one side of the story. But when we moved to Waco, we moved right into the Delta Inn. So you didn't really have a a. A stable place. That no. You were okay. No, sir. And so the care that house was the first time in a while you'd had a stable yes. place. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Yes. And so, where do you think you would be right now? Just suppose in a Roach Motel. If CareNet wasn't around, man, you'd... Roach Motel and my kids would be in CPS. Seriously, and, and I probably been lost my mind. And it sounds like just talking to you, you're a very motivated individual. I, I'm telling <laughs> you, if you just give me that push I can get where I need to go and that's exactly what they did and I just because I came in when I came to Karen I was hopeless I felt like you know what it's just hopeless mm-hmm. nothing I can do mm-hmm. and so now you're living in a compassion ministries house yes I'm in the compassion ministries and they are somewhat like Karenette except we call it the teenage phase <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot more responsibility of course I also have a lot more incentive I have my own kitchen now and I have my own living room and stuff like that but it's pretty cool i i i like it um it's still pretty much new i really don't know too much about it but things has been they've been helping me with things things has been getting done but i'm still you know karen is gonna always be family i mean i've gone they've seen me gone through enough a lot i've been through a lot with them and i'll probably be going through a lot with compassion too but I'm seriously, I've gotten a lot of things done. Um, eviction is paid off. I have no more eviction. Yeah, um, I forgot about that part. She, yeah. Driver's license, driver's, evictions. Everything's, everything. Got a new phone. She coming mm-hmm. up in the world. Coming mm-hmm. up. <laughs> so tell him a little bit about when Mahalia was born. Okay, so. So when you came to the house, how many months pregnant were you? I was seven months. Okay. Seven months pregnant. Mm-hmm. About six or, well, I thought I was seven months, but I think it was six months because they gave me like two different dates. I was mm-hmm. supposed to be due August 8th. And then they said September 3rd. She didn't come to September 8th. Mahalia, she didn't want to come out. And I had to get induced. And I was walking around one centimeter dilated uh, for another two weeks. Um, I had packed my bag at my last doctor's appointment and told her, yeah, you're going to take her out today. And she talked me in to wait until Monday, but I was so, like, crying and ready to have a baby. And my mom was supposed to come. We had it all set up, the plan and everything. And I said, you know, sometimes plans don't come through. And still, somehow, <laughs> somehow, CareNet comes through. I'm serious. If they wouldn't have been there, I would have been having a baby by myself. 
like alone for the first time in my whole entire life. So how did they help? So first of all, Miss Deborah kept badgering me. She kept <laughs> <laughs> she kept calling and she kept um, checking on me. I thought that was kind of unique because I know that a lot of things go on at CareNet that she has to be over to feel that significant. That was wow. That was a wow factor. She kept on calling. She kept checking on me. Mind you, I'm in labor and my mom is still saying she's coming. She's coming. She's coming, right? Miss Deborah said, Do you want somebody to be over there? And I'm I'm just trying to be, you know, Tana. I'm just trying to be Tana, strong Tana, and I'm trying to be considerate of everybody. And I'm like, no, I know it's a lot of stuff going on, blah, blah, blah. I'm sending Stella. So she sends <laughs> she sends that. It's like she can hear me, but like she hear Miss Miss Deborah hears me. Like no other. Like she can hear my conversation without me merely saying words. I could say, oh, you know, I'm okay. She's like, well, I'm going to do this. And it's exactly what I needed done. I don't know how she does it. (laughs) It's magical. Maybe it's that mother thing, you know. Mm -hmm. She really is a true mother. Like seriously. I can be trying to be strong and she'd be like, Tana, yo, what's going on? You know, what you need? What you need? I can stop her in the middle of a lot of of stuff that I got done. Seriously. Seriously was them going from another appointment, transferring to another appointment in the middle of the hall because I didn't want to feel like a burden. And you know what they would do? They would stop and say, hey, Tana, blah, 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 blah. And I'd be like, okay, good. And, and I'm on my way. All I can tell you is when you really need some help, you'll find a way to get it. Simple as that. You will find a way to get it. And it sounds like to me in your story that you've always wanted to do the right thing and, and raise your kids right and, and take care of everyone. And life is just made it really hard for you to get there yeah. and that the help from CareNet and Compassion has helped you kind of get the momentum going now that you can actually get to that place. Yes. Yes. Life is simple to me in my mind, in my own entire world. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. All I know is this. All I want to do is be a good mother to my kids. If that means me not doing something that I thought that I should be doing, so be it. If that means me not having somebody in my life that I really want, so be it. Because if that per- person wanted me, I'll be with them. If that was supposed to happen, it would have happened. I just want to be a good mother to my kids. I just want to be able to be provide for them. I just want to hear when they grow up, Mom, thank you for your sacrifices. Thank you for being there when I needed you. Thank you for if, when I needed to call you, you was there. Whenever I needed something, you got it. Whenever I just want to be that mom that I had growing up. Even though she was a single mom, even though I didn't have everything I wanted, I had everything I needed. I mean, everything I needed. May yet, maybe it was some days where I was wondering. But at the end of the day, with five kids, she had everything we needed. Mm-hmm. Everything. And I just want to follow in the footsteps of my mother concerning the well-being of my children. If they're hungry, I want to have it. If they're thirsty, I want to have it. They need clothes, I want to have it. That does not mean I have to be so high-sedity that it has to come from a store or this and that. If I got to humble myself, if you want to call it humble for me, it's called a blessing. If I'm feeling blessed because I can go somewhere where I can get free clothes for my kids, so be it. They got clothes. Mm-hmm. If I have to go to Caritas, if I have to go back to Caritas and say, hey, I need a meal for tonight, I can do that. Why? Because I did what I was supposed to do. I went where I needed to go. I humbled myself enough to say I needed help. 
And forever I am indebted to CareNet for the simple fact is because they gave it to me. They didn't look at me and say, you should have done this. They looked at me and said, you could have done this, but since you're here now, you can do this. What would you say to people out there, maybe this was was you in the past at some point, who thought they were, uh, you know, had too much pride to ask for that help? When it comes to your kids, it's not about you. If your pride is more important than your children, then you need not to have your children. You need to get some help. Find somewhere your children need to be until you can get that help that you need. Because at this point in time, you really think it's about you. I think there are a lot of parents out there who, even when they have kids, they still think it's about them and, mm-hmm. and they're not putting them the, their kids' needs ahead of their own. But I can't think of a more selfless example than you waiting in the parking lot of the school <laughs> for your kids because you knew that education is important, right? They can't drive themselves. Yeah, and you got to be there for them, huh? Kids can't work for themselves. The kids can't buy their own clothes. Maybe, I mean, not my kids. They're not Disney kids. They don't got a job. <laughs> <laughs> my kids can't. Yeah. So at the end of the day, if it's my, they're here now. Okay, I, I could have picked a better mate. Okay, I could have made a better decision. Okay, okay, I'll take that. But guess what? They're here now. They ain't going nowhere. So what, what you want me to do? I'm not yep. going to cry about it. I'm going to get up in the morning with my happy self <laughs> and get my kids where they need to go, get myself where I need to go, even if that means me doing it on my own, so be it, because I'm not on my own. I got care in it. I got compassion. I got people who care in my life. I'm not on my own, but at the same time, I'm not going to wait for the people that needs to be in their life to be in their life either. Mm-hmm. If you bring a child into this world, I can't stress this enough. If you bring, if you got the audacity to bring a child into this world, you need to have the audacity to take care of it. I don't care if you have a problem with the mother. I don't care if you have a problem with the father. At the end of the day, you need to take care of that child. That child didn't ask to be here. My, none of my children asked to be here. And they didn't ask for the situation that they're in. So therefore, thank you, CareNet. <laughs> just to, to just kind of, um, you know, t- today Tana was actually took possession of the car that mm-hmm. was given to her. Because that van was given to us by a donor back in December. And so they gave it to us and said, if you know of someone. And I, and I had that in mind. And like she said, we you know, were able to give that to her. But today she walked to CareNet, pushing her kids in a stroller, her, the baby in a stroller with the boys. <laughs> she walked to CareNet and took possession of the car and then gave her stroller to another mother who, she, oh, that's amazing. who saw her that needed it. Yeah. So, I mean, like. Not only did she was she given to, but she gives back, and that's what we want to teach them that you know to give back. Even if you're in dire straits, there's probably someone who's exactly. even more dire than you, right. and you can help exactly. them. That's really great. How did it feel knowing while you're pushing your kids in that stroller that that was probably your last time to do that? She's thinking I don't have a stroller anymore. No, <laughs> no. I'm sorry. It's just so real. Like it's so real, and just to see that mother walking with her kids it remind me how far and how really blessed I am it just reminded me that there's a lot of people that don't get to hear your story except for maybe in this podcast but they're thinking of places they want to give and places they want to support why would you tell them CareNet's because a place because that- CareNet actually gives everything and and anything to the people that they care, you know, to the people they're caring for. The benefits go to us. They, we really get them. 
it, I'm tell you something. When I like I like she said, when I first came to Canada, I had nothing. I mean nothing. Just a just a suitcase of clothes. Not even paternity clothes. I didn't even have paternity maternity clothes. I didn't have none of that. Nothing. And when I said they have a system to where we cook meals together and everybody needs to pitch in, whatever. And I didn't have not one nothing. They will take you where you need to go to get ingredients to cook your meal. Like everything that comes through CareNet goes to the people. Even if you're not there. I know there's pe- I know, I know people. I, me and Cece see each other all the time. I know people that's not even living at CareNet that had lived at CareNet that still gets whatever necessary the needs that are necessary in the time that she needs to. This is what they do. This is what they specialize in. They are here to help these children. In today's world, it's not that many people. It's really not that many people that care about the children. They all looking at the mother saying that she shouldn't have had that many children and not coming up with a solution. And the mother's thinking, I need to support all these kids. Right. Nobody say nothing to the dad. You know, forget about the dad. You know, forget about the dad. You know, he ain't here, so just forget about him. But the mother gets all the flack. Because she has the responsibility. So at the end of the day, they don't just look at the mother. They don't just look at the father. There's single fathers out there, too. They don't just look at the parent. They look at the need. If you you can't tell me, even this is even though this is scripture, but it's reality. Think about this. If I'm hungry, I can't hear a word you're saying because I'm so hungry. All I want to do is eat. So if I'm hungry and you telling me a whole recipe of how to cook this and this and that, and you're not giving me any supplies, how is that going to feed my hunger? I can't hear a word you say. Matter of fact, you're making me mad. Okay, I got these kids. You're making me mad. I know. I wake up every morning. I see them. I know I got these kids. So now what's the solution to help me? Because I can't depend on the father. The father's not helping me. Oh, my God. God forbid if I depend on the government because, you know, everybody that depends on the government is lazy. What do I do? What do I do? This is a life and death situation. This conversation is a life and death conversation. The life is drop your pride. Ask for help. Go where you need to go. Leave. If the relationship is not a relationship, leave it alone. Leave it alone. If the man is not doing what he needs to do for the kids, it's nothing. He ain't doing nothing for you. Your kids is a part of you. A kids is you. That's you. If they don't care about you, they don't care about nothing. So get the help you need. And then when you get the help you need, stay out of the situations. Learn from your mistakes and stay out of the situations. And then be an example for someone. I know people right now that are back in relationships because of income tax season. You hear me? <laughs> so how would you compare your outlook on the future when you were sleeping in your car, hmm. trying to provide for your kids to now? How would you compare your outlook on the future? There is no comparison. There is no comparison. Do I feel lonely sometimes? Yes. Is it worth it? Yes, because I'm not lonely sleeping in a car. I'm not lonely, hungry, and starving. My kids have what they need. I can't ask for anything more. Nothing is that. Nothing else is important other than the necessi- the necessi- the necessities being met. So how is your outlook on your future different today than it was back when you were sleeping in your it's car? It's hope. I have a major faith it's hope i see myself in the future opening a house opening if even if it's not a house my own apartment not even on public housing or section eight maybe a little income housing but it's mine 
something on my own that I own. I see myself in the future owning something in my name that belongs to me on my own. I see that my kids are happy in sports. I see that Mahalia is enjoying a big space of land with her new bike. Mm-hmm. I see me just flourishing. I see helping. Uh, my main thing is I see helping other women that were in my position. I even say even men. They're single. Uh, I can't stress in a single parent men as though too. But I just see me helping a lot of people that were in a that was in the same situation or in a worse situation. I just see me helping people. I see me donating. I see me volunteering. I see me. I, I just see me doing a lot of good and being a uh, stand-up citizen in my community because of where I come from and where I'm not going back. Mm-hmm. So that's the future I see. That's excellent. Well, I don't know what to add to all that. That's I don't either. Amazing. I don't know of a thing. I don't know of a thing. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in and telling your story. And I, I really hope that people listening to this will listen, take it to heart, and think about helping out. Or if they're in your position where you were before, think about asking for help and, and finding that help. So thanks for telling your story. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. You go, girl. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Charity Champions podcast. If you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please take a moment and rate and review us. This helps our podcast reach more listeners. Have a charity you'd like to nominate for next season? Visit charitychampions.org nominate. You can also find more information on this podcast and all charity champions at charitychampions.org. And of course, tell all your friends. We'll see you next time.